Joining me now for a look at your markets action is Nessie Chetty from Stanlip. Thank you so much for your time, Nessie. This afternoon, we had retail sales coming out of the U.S., uh, surprising to the upside there with an expansion of 3% uh, compared to expectations of 1.9%. Of course, this comes on the heels of that inflation that came in hotter than expected, although uh, we are seeing the disinflation process. What are you making of the U.S. economy right now? Thanks, Anati. Good evening uh, to you and your and your viewers. Uh, I guess we're getting very mixed signals in terms of the data that's coming out. I mean, uh, we saw U.S. stocks, I mean, steady yesterday and even a little bit into today. Um, we had that inflation, disappointing inflation, U.S. inflation date, data out yesterday. Um, and I guess that raised the prospect of more, potentially more aggressive rate hikes by the, by the Federal Reserve. Uh, European markets, I guess, reacted a lot more better to, to the inflation data print. Um, but we saw, I mean, consumer inflation at 6.4%. Uh, while a slowdown from the previous month, I mean, it's still higher than when, where most economists were expecting it would be. Uh, I think what's important, if you look at this, this retail sales number, I think one needs to look at it relative to where also uh, annual core inflation is. Um, and if you strip out, the, I mean, the categories like volatile food and energy mm -hmm. that came in at 5.6%. So I think the Fed's going to look at all of that data and, and, and sort of take an idea of potentially um, the slowdown in the economy that they, they, they expected is taking longer to maybe persist. The, yeah. the January labor data definitely threw, threw all, all of that up in the air. Um, U.S. economy, I guess, on the retail sales number uh, looks, looks in a lot better shape. Um, the Fed did increase interest rates by, by a quarter of a percent. And I guess they're warning that, you know, this ongoing uh, improvement in data, um, there's still no sign that, you know, the inflation is coming meaningfully under, under control. Yeah. What are you making of SA inflation? Because uh, that slowed down for the third consecutive month um, and uh, that pace of inflation uh, really slowing 6.9% from 72 in December. We did also have a 0.1% decline on a monthly basis. What stood out for you there? Yeah, so, so I guess, I mean, if you look at the overall number, I mean, SA inflation did fall. I mean, core inflation for us remained unchanged at about 4.9%. Uh, what's maybe uh, an issue of concern is that food inflation is yeah. becoming uh, a very prominent feature of that number. So it rose sharply to 13.8%. I guess this is something we, we've warned about uh, on the show previously that, you know, while core inflation remains unchanged, the market expectation for it is that it's going to increase. Mm. Uh, and the key risk to that also remain that not add food and you add, I guess, the upward pressure on wages. Uh, that means potentially that number is going to be revised upwards. You saw also, I guess, Zanati, I mean, the big uh, tariff, uh, electricity tariff increases we had uh, of about 19%, which has also placed, I guess, more sustained pressure on that. Um, what, what I would say is that, I mean, the, if I look at the Reserve Bank, I mean, with these numbers in all printing in high, I mean, they can't afford to be complacent mm. um, in, in guarding against maybe a, a deep-based increase across most of those segments of inflation. Uh, so while this inflation will remain between 65 and 7 over the next couple of months, 
um, food and, and, and definitely, I mean, the electricity impact is yeah. going to start meaningfully imp- uh, hurting on that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's take a look at some of the news that came out of the JSC. Life Healthcare really being the star of the show. The last time I checked uh, that share price has spiked about 13%. So reporting on uh, good numbers with the normalization of the environment after COVID. But they really surprised the market positively, uh, saying that they're evaluating acquisition uh, proposals for AMG. That is the Alliance Medical Group in Europe, that diagnostic imaging services business. Could this be a battle between value unlock and growth? Because we do know the strategic uh, strategic importance of that business for life healthcare. Yeah, so I mean, it, it was a fairly good trading update. I mean, if you look at the size of their portfolio now, I mean, it's up to about forty-two billion. And remember, the two key key businesses are acute hospitals and and complementary services. And and each of that, I mean, they strats very strong operational performance. The business is at a stage now where it's generating quite a bit of significant cash and gaining momentum across there. Uh, if I look at the, the, the key fundamentals, I mean, admissions would have been up in SA uh, over 14%. Uh, the other key indicators also in terms of patient days up to 14 and then also occupancies in their business showed a good improvement. Uh, I think what's maybe key is that, you know, they, the, the, on the tariff side, they, they were able to finalize uh, tariff increases of about 6.1%, which means they're getting more, a lot more visibility in pricing in the year ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one detractor maybe, I, I guess, from the, the overall performance, the share was up quite a bit, is that uh, the, 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 the electricity shortages or the load shedding is having an impact on what they need to spend for, for diesel. And, and you see this in the, I guess, the property companies as well. I mean, diesel costs in their business were up for the first four months at about $25 million versus the prior period where, I mean, they only paid about $5 million for it. So I would guess on, on the international business, if you look at the current high inflationary environment, it is going to put pressure on costs. Um, mm. Their volumes on the diagnostic side was up at about 2.4%. Yeah. Uh, just quickly before we go to your stock pick, Emira, uh, what did you make of those numbers and anything maybe concerning or that you'd like me to highlight to the CEO? I do have an interview with the CEO after six. No, I think it was a very strong result. If you look at it, I mean, they guided that distributable in earnings were going to be up at about 15. Not only, I guess, are they in a strong position, but given that they've got a, a very strong JV offshore, uh, that market has gained traction. And remember, they've got 18% of equity asset investment in uh, in 12 grocery uh, open-anchored uh, convenience centers in the U.S. with their partner, Linear. Uh, and you look at that U.S. market, particularly in that space, vacancies have halved from about 4.5 down to 2.5%. I yeah. guess what's also interesting is that the office market has been tough in the media portfolio, but off that low base, they've managed to show quite a bit of growth. Yeah. Uh, with the acquisition of, of Transcend, I guess they've got optionality in um, in residential now. What's maybe pleasing is that in their portfolio, you also saw tenant retentions up quite um, quite nicely, up at 80%. So it, it is trading at a big discount to, to NAV. Uh, but I guess the re-rating has started to happen on yeah. the back of these better yeah. distribution numbers. Yeah. All right. So let's quickly get to your stock pick, Nessie. So I, I guess in a in a very volatile market, I mean, the one that we've maybe liked that has very distinctive defensive qualities is a company called Storage Property Fund. Uh, storage, uh, if I look at it, the performance uh, prior to COVID and even coming out of COVID, fairly unscathed. I mean, it's a segment of the market where 
if their tenants come under pressure, given that the nature of the, the leases are shorter duration, they can act quite quickly to maybe um, to replace tenants there. It's a sizable portfolio now. I mean, it acted about 9.8 billion with half of their assets sitting in the UK. We like the UK market because we think it's underpenetrated in terms of where it can get to in terms of storage capacity. Their occupancies are very high, high occupancies of 88%. And I, and I guess what, what you're seeing in that market is that in that the UK market, given that they operate through the brand of Storage King, there's likely to be a, a consolidation. We like the fact that the balance sheet is well-structured. I mean, it's a very low LTV yeah. in the low yeah. 30s. And and even in a rate hiking environment, they tend to benefit because what 80% of their debt is is hedged. Uh, at last print, I mean, they came, they were at an NAV of about uh, just over 14, uh, uh, 14 and a half. Yeah. Uh, relative yeah. to where they're trading now, I mean, that's that's a, a, a decent discount. And, right. and as you see with these companies, I mean, they they, they tend to be in hedge against in, in inflation in these environments. All right. Well, thank you very much for your insights, uh, Nessie. Really appreciate it. And that was Nessie Chetty from Stanlip. Thank you.